we are moving away from perfectionism. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's mostly. I show up on most days and I do my morning routine, or I show up on most days and I only say yes out of desire, or I show up on most days and I do my meditation because I know it makes me feel good. And then I don't beat myself up on the days that aren't most days. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. It is your gal, Carly. And hey, maybe you're showing up for the first time today. And this is an auspicious day to join us because this entire month we're talking about one of my favorite themes, boundaries. And here's why, really. After 15 years of coaching all sorts of highfalutin high achievers, I am clear on this much. No amount of information or good planning or even resources or good connections really matters if we don't have the simple boundaries in place to reclaim our time, our focus, and our energy and actually be able to live into those goals or those plans or ideas that we have. And ooh, let me tell you, we have been getting the best questions coming from the women in the Boundary Academy recently. Questions about how to deal with a boss who has control issues and a case of super perfectionism, which for the record, if you missed it, we covered in last week's podcast episode. Go back and check out that one. But other questions we're getting sound like, how do I create boundaries with a family member who is always bringing us down. They are complaining or gossiping and wallowing, but they never really do anything about it. They just go negative and it drags us all down with them. And I think we can all relate to that on some level, right? It may be a family member or it might be another person in our lives that just slows the mojo down. I mean, you could tell them it's sunny outside and they're going to kvetch because they didn't pack their sunglasses, right? It's like, no matter what you do, they're going negative. And here's the thing. Tell me if this is relatable for you or not, too. But us high achievers, we want to be able to jump in and manage everything. (laughs) We like being in control. We have good ideas. We're kind of the go-to fixers, right? And we genuinely love helping other people and seeing that they are supported and that things are getting done well. But being able to discern when it's time to jump in and help somebody process something or deal with their tough mood or tricky circumstances or when it's time to tend to something that you need, when it's not your job to manage other people's stuff and it's actually time to lean back and tend to what is yours is key in the relationships we have. And that is exactly what today's episode is about. So along those lines of not trying to do it all, did you know that I don't run the Boundary Academy by myself? Not by a long shot. Dana LeMay is the head of school for us at the Boundary Academy, and she runs all the day-to-day operations of the school, and she is also a Boundary Pro on deck who adds her voice and her expertise to the conversation in a really meaningful way. And oh my, when she speaks up, (laughs) do I learn things. So Dana cultivated the courage to leave a life that looks good on paper 
but left her feeling really unfulfilled and exhausted. And you're going to hear a little bit about that today and about how she kept her expertise and ditched the corporate office to live and work in alignment with what she values, which is freedom and fun and creativity and travel. And Dana founded One Minute Minimalist in 2019, where she started showing other women how to unclutter their spaces and their minds, finding clarity and freedom also in the process. And Dana's just really good at explaining how simple, doable boundaries are a balm, balm, B-A-L-M, that heals our relationships with our careers, our loved ones, and ourselves. These days, she coaches private clients around boundaries from wherever she happens to be in the world. So I wonder if you're like me on this part, but do you have little scraps of paper or notes on your phone or post-it notes, maybe scribbles in the corners of books or journals with the quotes or phrases or words that you want to remember? Well, get ready to add to your collection because today Dana is going to join us to speak about setting emotional boundaries with our work, our family circles, and our friends, especially because right now it is so easy for conversations in the territory of COVID or social justice or politics to get heated and contentious fast. But slamming the door and walking out doesn't solve everything. So how do we do this? How do we cultivate a community of people that deeply support you right now so that you're getting what you need And you don't have to carry all the heavy burdens of relationship dynamics and people and beliefs that are weighing you down without having to cut people off or shoo them out of your world altogether or have big dramatic fallouts. Well, Dana is going to explain exactly how we do that today. And I'm going to pause right here a little bit early in the show and just give a shout out (laughs) right now, because in addition to not running the Boundary Academy alone, I also don't run Messy and Magnificent, this podcast alone. And right now, I keep thinking of Laura Vadesco and Aaron Chakar, who write the show notes for each of these episodes, and they also select the quotes and the sound bites that we might highlight. Because my goodness, Laura and Aaron, do you have the best possible problem today? I have no idea how you're going to be able to choose (laughs) between the really important moments in this episode with Dana I am so deeply thankful for your help, Aaron and Laura, every single week and everyone that makes this podcast possible. There are so many moments from today's conversation that stick to me like the sweetest honey. So midway through this conversation with Dana, we're going to do something we talk about a lot here. We are going to dare to pause and process. There was so much richness in this small time that we decided to make this part one of the conversation so that we've got time to integrate before we move on to the deeper levels next week in part two. So here's what you're going to hear today. Number one, Dana's approach on how to de-escalate the situation, how she's gone from being driven by this false sense of urgency that made her feel like she always had to respond quickly and have all the answers on the spot and fix things for everyone to finding deep fulfillment and a community that supports her right where she is and how it all began with boundaries. Oh, and before I forget, if you fall in love with Dana, which there's a really good chance is going to happen, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I want to talk with this person in person, know that all of her contact information is right here in the show notes, her social media and her website, which is Dana-Lamay. 
L-E-M-A-Y.com. Or head over to my website, carlyfane.com and click the Meet Us button to connect with Dana. And you can schedule a one-time boundary breakthrough session with her for some laser coaching around what would give you the simple boundaries to elevate your specific and unique goals. Also, before I forget, mark your calendar if you haven't already for Tuesday, September 20th at 7 p.m. because Dana and I will be hosting together a boundary panel with an incredibly diverse group of some of our favorite boundary-making women as we go deeper into the territory of what does and doesn't work for women who are setting boundaries right now. This is totally free. You can RSVP for that at carlyfane.com, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes too. My encouragement here is just that this is the beginning of the conversation and that we continue to work on the language of boundaries together is what allows it to stick. So if you're ready to know how to take care of yourself while having challenging conversations and how to engage more of your internal resources so that you don't get stuck in a cycle of self-doubt or worry or in dynamics with people that drag you down, And if you're ready to be able to discern when it's time to jump in to help someone fix or tend to something, and when it's not your job, and it's time to lean back without worry of things falling apart, this is the episode for you. I don't think I really knew what to expect coming into this, and I think I've just been kind of surprised by everything. And just how welcoming and supportive and accepting everyone is. And just how inspired I feel every time I come on these calls. And when I leave for like hours, I'm just like smiling. I go back to work and I'm like, this was amazing. (laughs) It's so good. But I I think too, just, just really having the space to be vulnerable in this way is different from anything else I have in my life. And I have a huge support network of people but nothing quite like this. I wasn't able to actually set the boundaries or work on setting them or make the changes in my life until I was able to be vulnerable to use my voice to set them because I was no longer worried about what that person was going to think of me by setting it. These are the voices of women who have attended the Boundary Academy. This is a group coaching program and ongoing community that I run with 14 women from the Council of Boundary Makers. And together, we welcome women who used to be like me, people-pleasing overachievers who secretly feel behind because you know you're capable of more, but you just don't have time to get to it with everything on your plate into the arms of sisterhood to make sure that you finally have both the time and energy to get to what you care about without being pulled in 10 directions or feeling guilty anymore. Because here's the thing, a life without boundaries is not your own life. But having boundaries is definitely not about armoring up or having to be fierce or have big hard walls between you and everybody else. I think the thing I continued to take away was this perspective that boundaries are not walls. That can be intimidating to say, oh, I'm going to sign up for Boundary Academy, but I don't know if I'm ready to put up those walls yet. And that's not what it's about. Boundaries actually are between you and you. It's looking at where do you need to create a boundary for yourself? And because of that, that it's softer. It's not trying to hide you behind a wall, but instead help you bridge across a situation. 
You see, all my years of research and coaching women in the territory of boundaries has taught me that it's not that setting boundaries is hard. It's trying to set them alone that makes them so tricky. So instead, we use proven methods and good old sisterhood that gives you both the resources, the clarity, and the confidence to have the best career, relationships, and health of your life without it having to feel like as much work as it is right now. That's what people need to know is like when they feel like they can't rise up, we're here to lift them. The doors to enroll in the new class open on September 20th, 2021 and promptly close on October 1st. So this is your window. Head on over to carlyfane.com to get the full scoop and free instant access to one of the classes with me where you can learn practically how women stop snapping at other people, being secretly behind, always feeling guilty about something, or getting headaches and other perplexing health symptoms simply by upgrading a few key boundaries. This is the last time we're opening the doors this year, so I hope to see you in the academy. Give yourself the respect of checking it out because boundaries aren't something nice we practice later when we have more time. They are something essential that we practice gently now so that you have the time and space in your days for the career or health or relationships that give you the joy and energy you really want. We're all coming together for like the same purpose and the same cause. And we're all just here to support each other and lift each other up. We're all in it together. And I think that shows once we start talking to each other. It's like having multiple best friends in your back pocket. What in your head or your heart wants to be heard today? That we get to be part of the conversation. That not only do we get to be part of the conversation, but the conversation about our lives begins and ends with us. And that it's not about perfection. It's about including ourselves in a conversation, in the conversation in a way that honors who we are and how we feel at any given moment. (sighs) Okay. I'm taking off my shoes now. I'm like getting super comfortable because because every time I hang with you and we drop in Dana, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I am just so fully there and in the room. And I appreciate you coming back to the podcast to be with us again and to talk about the conversation of boundaries. Your episode, Building the Habit of Courage, continues to be one of our most popular and listened to episodes consistently. So thank you for that. And thank you for being willing to come back and, and be with us again. And we can't talk about boundaries without talking about courage. So having you here in this conversation just makes a lot of sense. It was that episode that really fortified my courage. It really did. It was one of those knee jerk. That was a throw my hand in the air as soon as you made the offer, right? I was like, yes, I will do it. And then I went, oh my gosh, what did I just do? (laughs) And it was still by far one of the highlights of my life. It was just so far out of my comfort zone and so perfect. Isn't that just it? Like the willingness to say yes, like here's the opportunity. Cause and what, and what Dean is referring to is we had somebody scheduled for the podcast. Something happened. Like there was some calendar glitch. They bailed at the last minute. I reached out in a group in the reclaiming time studio. I said, is anybody free today <laughs> to record? And you like, yes, me, I'll, I'll do it. And so there was the moment of 
nobody expected you to say yes. Nobody expected you to be available. And, and you said yes. And then look, look what happened. And that wasn't a head call. That was a heart call. That was like, it was, yeah, it wasn't about, it wasn't a mental process. It was like, I threw my hand up and kind of looked in the air and went, oh, is that my hand up there? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like this is the dance that you and I are always doing. So, you know, we refer to ourselves as recovering perfectionists, right? We're very much in this process. Our head is strong. Our logic, our strategy is where we find comfort. But we have these strong hearts as well. And I love how you delineate. You know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a head yes, it was a heart yes. And when we talk about boundaries, like that to me is the entry point of, in your experience so far, I mean, really being a boundary pro, what does the conversation between your head and your heart look like when you're, when you're in a conversation that involves boundaries? That's a really good question. I feel like at this point, it's definitely more of a heart conversation. So I'm going on my gut feeling because I have, I'm so tuned into what my body is saying is a yes and what is, is a no that it's much more natural for me to go, you know, use that as my barometer instead of my, my very logical data driven mind. Right. Um, and I just said this to someone very near and dear to me recently that I know that when I make decisions from my heart instead of my head, my life is a much more fulfilled and happier place. (sighs) Like it just, that really works for me. And my whole life, I went in the other direction. I went, had to make sense on paper. It was very logical. It was very data-driven. So I think the conversation now is I do find myself in my head and very recently in my head. And I have to take that pause that we talk so much (sighs) about. Right. right. It's like right. when I feel all twisted up inside, I know it's time to take a breath and to get out of my head. And if I don't have an answer, it's not time to answer. If I don't Ooh. have a move, it's not time to make a move. Like I can, I can take a moment. The house is generally not on fire. Right. 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 So there is that time, that space to dare and pause. And I'm curious when you describe feeling it in your body, you said twisted up. How else? Like, what is, what is the physical sensation of, ooh, this is a boundary moment feel like in your body? So for me, I get a sense in my, it's like a little below my heart center. <laughs> I have a lot of experience working with my body, right? Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of yoga. I'm a body worker. I'm a massage therapist. So I have this training and also I'm highly intuitive. So I always wonder if it's as easy for people to tune into their physical bodies as it is for me, but I get a really strong sense in my center. That is, I get a yes sense. I get a, I don't know sense. And it generally resides in the same, I mean, I'm pointing, they can't see me pointing, but it's like, (laughs) it's like just below my heart in the center of my body. And when I say I'll twist it up, there's a sense of it's kind of hard to describe in words. <laughs> it is. Well, because it's not logical. I think that's just no. it. Is it's not yeah. coming from the place where language resides. This is a very physical sensation. And I appreciate what you just said about, you know, I've had a lot of practice with this and thus I'm feeling it. You know, a lot of us have not had a lot of practice being in communication with our bodies. In fact, as women, I think a lot of us have been taught to ignore our bodies or worse, to not trust our bodies, right? right? Like the information we're getting, oh no, don't trust that. Do what I say since we were little girls, you know, getting a gut feeling of like, ooh, this, this uncle's creepy. I don't want to be with him. No, go hug your uncle is the information. No, go hug your uncle. Or, you know, and we've all had a moment of like, ooh, something feels off. And, and so I think there's a lot of learning to ignore or 
frankly, distrust our bodies. But also, you know, I think you tap into, we all have these different ways of being in communication with information. And for some of us, it will be purely logical and that's fine too, right? But if possible, you know, there's a gentle starting place with the body. Like, a, do I get a headache? You know, is that my sign that I need a boundary, right? Or does me feeling like I, I need to fall asleep after every time I talk to this person, is that a piece of information that might be tied to a boundary? Just like just starting to listen, because if we haven't been in conversation with our body for a while, it checks out, right? Like it stops giving information. Yeah. yeah. It's like you just begin to pay attention to the signals that your body gives you. We have someone in our group, in our Boundary Academy group, who she gets a, like a, it's a gastrointestinal thing for her, right? Right, right. It's a stomach ache or a headache, or it can be a pain in your right shoulder. Our yeah. bodies really do tell us in myriad ways that something doesn't feel right here, or I'm exhausted, or I'm doing too much, and our tendency to just blow past that information sort of desensitizes us to our that's signals. That's what it is. I, that's right? the right We're word. Desensitized. That word. We're desensitized. Like the information's there. We've just become a little numb to it. Yes, because as children, that's how we get all of our information right? As little beings, we just were out there in the world, soaking it all up, leading with our hearts before we, we learn how to be guarded and to push through and all of the things that we learn. Oh my gosh. Yes. So this brings me to, if you're willing to talk about the conversation you and I had recently about, you know, I was expressing how I'm just emotionally hangry or, and especially last week, was just really feeling the sense of exhaustion and fatigue, even though everything's great and I'm getting my work done fine. Clients are all happy. Boundary Academy is yeah. great. But it was this internal sense of just like, I need something here. I don't know what it is. And, and we were talking about the second wave of COVID and just this sense of I'm noticing with a lot of leaders, a lot of the folks who have been the strong rock for everybody else or the sound listening ear and the support system, that there's a certain type of fatigue and doing that for now over a year and now looking at, okay, you know, this Delta variant and maybe in some countries, some counties, some regions, it feels like a step back or recalibration or just very unpredictable again, that the, the fatigue is really real right now. And conversations about boundaries in terms of our emotional and physical well-being have become increasingly important in order to sustain this. I agree. And it's a kind of... I feel like it's an insidious kind of exhaustion, right? An insidious kind of stress where it seems like it's just below the surface. So COVID globally sent us all into this, you know, this human panic because we like to be in control as humans. And, and if COVID did anything, it stripped us of all control. And that's really unsettling. And then we, you know, come out of it all these months later, a year plus later, a year and a half, whatever it is. I think we, we felt this sense of, okay, we can go outside, you know, we can congregate, we can, we can slowly move toward some sense of what we thought of as normalcy. And then all of a sudden here is this double whammy. Oh, but wait, not so fast. And so I think that we talk a lot about big T trauma and little T trauma, right? Like the world is traumatized. As a community, we are traumatized. And to not acknowledge that global trauma and just communal trauma is kind of, I don't want to be judgmental about this, but it's like, it's a little irresponsible. It's a little short-sighted because we're all feeling all kinds of feels. So for those of us who have been felt more maybe centered or 
grounded or we're able to hold space for people who weren't feeling so, so good. Those of us who might be a little more comfortable with discomfort are not feeling in control or knowing that we control very little and nothing outside of ourselves, right? So I'm getting the sense of, it's like we could hold the space when the shit hit the fan. I don't know how else to say that, right? We could hold that space. And now that we're going back into that, I don't know, is it hitting the fan again? Are we in that place again? It's very uncertain. There's a level of, at least for me, a little bit of, I don't know if it's frustration exactly, but it's, it's like, I don't know how to support this next phase, right? I don't, and, and feeling emotional, emotionally hangry myself, like, and I want to make that like, clear that that's hungry and angry put together right like it's this right. weird it's like this aching for something this dissatisfaction right this disease yeah yes but not being unhappy or unfulfilled or unmotivated it's just like this body sense yeah that i need rest and nourishment and that's what i think we need as a global community is we need rest we need to acknowledge that, yeah, this is really hard. This has been really hard. And that there are a lot of sides to these conversations that are felt very intensely by all sides. And that we all still get to show up and make the best choice available to us. Yeah. And feeling that, like, there's an expenditure of energy there that is really taxing. Yes. Yes, the you're reminding me of recently we had Nancy Levin, who's been here on the podcast mm. before, but she came back to talk about in the Boundary Academy, we bring in different thought leaders. So once a month, we have a different thought leader who's an expert in a different area of boundaries, maybe boundaries with in the workplace or boundaries, you know, having the courage to use your boundaries. And Nancy came in to talk about boundaries with family members, because I don't think we can talk about that enough. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> right. Talk about something we love to control and we find yeah. ourselves unable yeah. to control the actions of family members. And she, she mentioned that concept of being self-referenced rather than other referenced and that that was the shift for her. And so other referenced being the decisions we make based on the responses or the needs we perceive other people have versus self-reference, which would be including ourselves. What are my needs, you know, in this situation? And when you talk about this, Dana, this idea of being emotionally hangry and of needing to slow down and take care of ourselves, if that's what you're feeling, right? If, if some sense of exhaustion or fatigue or just overwhelm is cropping up, that to me sounds like the invitation to be self-referenced again. Like, yes, everybody has needs and I also have needs and that there's nothing selfish about daring to make sure that our needs are met more often. Right. And Mm -hmm. there's something in the way you phrase this, that it does come across as permission, you know, Mm -hmm. not, not that you're giving like permission, like that we can give ourselves permission. And for anyone who's listening, who's in a leadership capacity, whether that's leading your household or your family or your friend circle or your job, right? Or your company or your, or your spiritual community, whatever it is, or just your own day. We don't fall behind when we rest. No, we don't. We do not. Like that's the myth, right? Like that's the voice in my head that never goes away. And Sarah Gilman was talking about that too, who will be here on the podcast this month about the never enough voice. There's the voice that says never enough. Have I done enough? Am I doing enough? Could I be doing more? Why aren't I volunteering for this thing? Or why why am I not happy that after saying yes to this thing, like whatever it is, and the never enough voice never goes away. 
And the world doesn't fall apart when we rest. In fact, I think if anything, what we're seeing is the lack of rest and thoughtfulness is leading to the compounding of problems, right? Like our inability to pause and be thoughtful is leading to the compounding of, of problems. Are you seeing that too? I am. And I feel like rest is, is a, it's a, just another way to fortify our foundation. It's fortification. It's not, it's not giving up. It's not falling behind. It's not failure. It's not underachieving. How about that one? Yeah. For, uh, for us high achieving. Oh my gosh. Rest is not People underachieving. Yeah. Rest is not underachieving. Let's just dispel the myth, the myth that it is because it's not right. It's actually the only way we can show up fully in our lives is if we take our rest. And it's not checking out either. Like there's a, an important distinction there between a, Hey, I need a break from social media or from this social issue for a day or a week or an hour or whatever it is. It doesn't mean that we don't care about the issue. It doesn't mean we're not fully engaged. What it means is, you know what it means when we were talking about this yesterday in the Boundary Academy in our Q and A session, it's, it means emotional rest requires so much courage to be honest about what we're actually capable of in a moment. Like, yeah, I want to do that thing. I want to be fully informed on this subject. But the truth is, if I look at this post at 10 o'clock at night, I'm not going to sleep well because I'm going to be thinking about it all night. So like my boundary is social media is done at 8 p.m. or whatever it is, right? Like, yeah, the truth is I'm actually not capable of that. And to your earlier point, we crave control. And I also crave the ability to be able to do everything whenever I want. Yeah. That's just not the, that is not the reality of my experience is, oh, I actually can't do everything, nor is it our job. Like what an ego trip for me to think (laughs) that I need to fix freaking everything. Like who do I think I am? Right. Sure. I can contribute. Of course, of course there's power right in our voice and and showing up, but to even think for a hot second that I can (laughs) fix all the ails of the world. Like what kind of ego trip am I on? But come on, Carly, we're so good at fixing all of the everything. We're so (sighs) good at I know it, it's true. It, it reminds me of the episode you did a short while ago with Jen Madriz, and she was talking Oof, about reparenting yeah. herself and <laughs> yeah. like giving herself the rules, like because our parents aren't standing over us these days as adults, is to say, okay, Dana, don't take your phone to bed, yeah. don't leave your phone downstairs, or don't look at that post at 10 p.m. Because what you need is rest, and you won't be able to rest if your mind is going about whatever you just saw in social media. So. Yeah. You know, it also, this, this conversation reminds me of what we were talking about yesterday too, about taking space and how sometimes in order to rest, we need to take physical space. Oh, we have to unpack that for a second. Cause when you said that it floored me yesterday, let's give context to that because somebody had brought up Hey, I want to make boundaries with a family member who's just consistently gossiping and negative and wallowing. They don't change anything. They just want to talk about it. And it's really negative. And I'm in a place where I can't do that. And I thought, okay, this emotional need for emotional rest is just relevant here. And you said the most powerful thing. Well, she said that, that, that she stepped out of the room. And I thought about my own experiences in those kinds of boundaries and And that sometimes in order to take emotional space, it requires us to take some physical space. There it is. Right? We need to walk out of the room. And even if that's just excusing ourselves to the bathroom while we sit and and process for 30 seconds or whatever, taking a shower, whatever it is. But sometimes, and it's okay 
to take that physical space to feel like, okay, I need to move away from this situation or this person or, you know, conversation. I mean, conversations these days, let's talk about that during COVID, how heated and contentious some of these conversations can get and how what we all need right now is tenderness Mm. and some sense of safety. Yeah. Yes. And I think about how I want to talk about your, you know, the one minute minimalist approach to things, because when you say ten, we need tenderness and we need safety, and those may not come externally in every moment right now. And I think of how those things start with self. How can I be tender to myself in this moment when this person is having a conversation about something that's bringing me down and I don't know what to say. The tender thing to do is excuse myself to the bathroom or to go get a sip of water, right? And, and also that's where we give ourselves safety. Like that self-efficacy is we are holding, we are embracing ourselves in something that feels safer for a moment, right? And so I think about that, you know, in terms of with One Minute Minimalist, you know, your whole approach to helping people organize their lives through the conversation of organizing their homes. You often talk about cleaning your house first, right? Like taking care of your stuff first. And how is that relevant when we talk about boundaries, especially in this moment. So it goes back to what we said toward the beginning of this conversation about including ourselves in the conversation, right? It always starts with us. It starts and ends with us. And learning that if we're not taking care of our own needs first, we really can't show up to serve others in our fullest capacity, right? Right. They're getting the dregs. We're getting the, everybody's getting the dregs if we are not fully resourced ourselves. So one minute minimalist, I started to clear out my own clutter after many years of feeling like overwhelmed with stuff and sharing that with my group on social media and realizing that as I got rid of the physical stuff, my mind was clear, my emotional body was clear. Like it just, it wasn't, it's not about the stuff. That's the crux. It's like, it's not about the stuff, but it does start with with me. So my screensaver, which I shared with our Boundary Academy crew some months ago for a while now has said, if you're looking for advice right now, the answer is self-care, right? And so (laughs) if you're looking to clean the house right now, whatever that house, and I'm using air quotes, looks like, it always starts with you. So it starts with checking in. I mean, even things like what to discard in your life in terms of your physical belongings. That's about boundaries, right? It's about what do I value? What's important to me? What's of use to me in my life as it is today? Not because grandma gave it to me 20 years ago, but as it stands today, who I am today. And also the other part of that is that it's like we reframed, I reframed the, the perfectionist in that it's better to do one minute of something and do it imperfectly than to not do it at all. And that's what I used to get stopped in that, right? Like if it can't be all the way or all the way perfect, then I'm just not even going to get going, which only adds to the overwhelm. So it's like small doable steps that start with checking in with me. And then I can serve whatever conversation I happen to be showing up for. Well, and there it is. It's it's the bringing it back into context. I mean, as you frame, like just because somebody gave this to me 20 years ago doesn't mean that it's something I necessarily need right now. And and I think about that and question we often ask, you know, is in the face of this before me, who am I at my best? And then what do I need 
in order to be at my best right now, right? It's like, who am I at best? Well, I'm at my best. I'm patient and I'm kind and I'm thoughtful and I'm present. And if I'm not feeling patient and kind and thoughtful and present, well, then what do I need in order to get 3% more patience or kind or thoughtful and presence? And so in that way, it's not about stretching ourselves thinner. Again, this is the theme of today. It's the including ourselves in the conversation. Absolutely. It's about starting the conversation with ourselves. I mean, eventually we, we move to that. This is a process. You don't wake up one day and go, I'm going to start the conversation with myself when you've lived your whole life taking care of other people first. So let's be really clear that I've been working at this for a long time. It is not an overnight success. It's not a short game. We say this all the time. There's no quick fixes here. We play the long game, but we do it in community. And I'm surrounded by a community of people who support who I am today. And those who don't have very naturally fallen away over time. And I just want to back up to one thing you said earlier about making reference to what grandma gave me 20 years ago, right? What someone gave you 20 years ago or 30 years ago or five years ago is not just about your physical stuff. Think about that. The ideas that they gave you, the baggage they laid on you, the shoulds, the whatever. Like, all that's what am I carrying and who gave it to me? And why is it still in my freaking backpack? There it is. Well, and isn't that the exercise? I mean, in the Boundary Academy, we do that belief assessment really early on where we look at our, what are our beliefs around boundaries? And we just list them. And then we kind of check in. So, you know, belief are, it's selfish to say no to my aging mother, or it's my sister's good at setting boundaries, but I'm not, you know, and we just list all of the beliefs. And then we look at who, who does this belief actually belong to? Right. And do I want to keep carrying it? But the way you just framed it hit me in another way. As I think about it's easier to see the physical stuff. It's oh, easier yeah. to see, oh gosh, I've got these old magazines. I'm never going to read them. I need to let it go. Because it also makes me feel guilty and bad every time I look at them that I haven't read them yet. Right. So there's also that. It's like I'm gonna let the magazines go, but like, what are all the magazines in the back of my brain that I'm feeling guilty bad carrying around because I haven't addressed them yet that might not be mine to carry anymore? And this comes back to your pausing and being thoughtful. But I'm curious, you mentioned community too. Like community helps with this. Why community with boundaries? Because it is so unnatural. It is so not something that they're teaching us in school or life, <laughs> right? That, that to think that you can try to shift your boundaries with the world, with other people, with yourself, without some support, I guess you can, but but it, I mean, it seems to me like it would be infinitely harder than yeah. having this. I mean, I'm so fortunate because I, I have so many supportive people around me. And also, I intentionally put myself in these spaces. I want to point that out because I think that's really important. And you also said something really powerful that I think speaks to a common fear that we hear around boundaries, because a common fear around boundaries is, well, if I speak up, what if this person no longer wants to be in relationship with me? What if they hate me? What if they don't like me? What if they're no longer my friend or now they're an estranged family member or my boss wants to fire me or my coworker won't collaborate in a project with me or, right? The fear is I'm going to lose people. And you said something really interesting. I'm currently in a, com a community with a bunch of people who support who I am today and everybody else very naturally fell away. What the heck does that mean? Very naturally fell away. Like, can you give an example of what does it look like for it not to be an explosive falling away yes. or, or is naturally falling away also explosive? Like, 
What does it look like to have somebody fall away who's no longer in support of who you are? I think I think it can look it can look anyway, just like everything. It can sometimes it's explosive. You know, that's my last I worked in a toxic environment that fell away in a rather explosive way for me. And then there are other things, relationships with people who weren't really on the same wavelength with me today. Like maybe they were five years ago or 10 years ago. And I had to learn to step away from conversations and situations that that didn't feel nurturing to me, especially during COVID when I was so clear because I'd already been practicing, right? Like, what do I need right now? Like, this feels really uncomfortable. I've, I'm, I mean, I have a pit in my stomach right now just thinking about what it felt like a year ago in March for me. Like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? How can I take care of myself? And part of taking care of myself was stepping away from social media, the news, even some groups of friends who I love dearly because the conversation never deviated from COVID, 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 or right. you know, whatever other social issue was happening. And I want to be informed, but I can't, I couldn't let that run my life. And that's how it felt. It was like too, I needed that emotional space. It was too much for me. I needed rest and distance. And so I still love those people and they're still in my life, but I just, there's a little more distance than before. Yeah. Here's the question I'm holding. And for anybody listening, what I want to know is, based on what Dana's bringing forward here is, is there anything you're carrying right now that no longer supports who you are today? Is that a relationship you're carrying? Is it a belief that you're carrying? Is it a practice you're carrying? Is it a thought that you're carrying? Like what's in the mental backpack? Like I came over to the studio this morning and I'm getting better as I walk, you know, it's almost a mile to walk here to the studio in Philly. And like the first day I did it, I packed, you know, three extra hairpins and two cords in case the charger didn't work. And the backpack was really heavy. And each time the trip's getting a little lighter. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to need that cord. Or if I do, somebody there will have one I can borrow. Like, it'll be fine. And so it's like, how can I take a little bit out of, out of the backpack? Let's use your phrase on most days so that if I need to carry something extra on a special day, there's room and I'm not going to just like totally implode. Yes. Yes. And one of the places that I often started with one minute minimalist, when people are like, oh my God, I don't know where to start. Where do I start? How do I start there? The, the idea is to just start. And a really easy place is to just look at what's on your to-do list and drop one thing. Just drop <sighs> one thing. I mean, if you want to be an overachiever, you can drop <laughs> one thing a day. But even if you <laughs> dropped one thing that is unnecessary or unfulfilling or that someone else could do that you do not need to do yourself or that no longer aligns with who you are today, one thing. I mean, it's one thing. We can all find one thing. And sometimes it's an errand. It's like, oh, I wanted to go to the store today. And it's not necessary that it, okay, I can, I can let that go till tomorrow. Like I'm talking simple, little, little things. Right. Not like, oh, I'm going to cancel my trip to go see grandma. <laughs> That's like, that's too big, too much. (laughs) Yeah, but I think to your point, and you and I are still looking for the right language around how boundary wins happen in small moments, yet they're a big deal. The actual win is often in a short decision or a simple comment that we make to somebody else that might have taken us months of practice in summoning the courage to do, right? But it's these little moments are when they happen. 
And so it doesn't always look like some big glamorous thing. Making a boundary doesn't always look like some big speech and we say the right thing and then we walk away and everybody's clear. It's these little decisions, right? Like that's the moment. And there isn't a parade when we do that. And that's why it's really nice to be in community where we all get to come together and post our wins and say, you'll never believe what I just said to my landlord. Like one woman did this week. Oh my gosh, my landlord showed up unannounced and I told him that that doesn't work for me. And that was huge. Like now we have different expectations around this relationship in my home where I need to feel safe. As you're saying that, I'm thinking about mic drop moments, you know, those big moments where like you're drop (laughs) the mic, it's like this big thing. And, and that's not generally what my boundary moments look like. Mm -hmm. They don't look like anything to the outside, but it's, it's, again, it's building that habit. It's saying that thing to the barista when they get your coffee wrong. It's taking that item back to the store. It's telling your landlord, you're not comfortable with that. It's articulating to your child that I love you. And that doesn't mean that I'm available to you 24 seven. It's those things and they build. And then the feeling, just like the feeling of overdoing it becomes so familiar that we, 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 we bypass all of our, of our signals. It's the same in reverse. Like we're exercising a muscle. I really meant it when I said it early on in this episode, I had to kick my shoes off. (laughs) I was having like a full body heat flash and it wasn't a hormone thing. When Dana gets to talking and when we get to have these kind of rich conversations with the people in our community that have our back, it feels like magic to me, even though it's not. There's method to this. Creating boundaries, as Dana has started to explain for us here today is what allows us to get clear around who is able to have our back and how we can have our own backs too. So of everything you've heard so far, what part is standing out to you the most? I want to know, really, is there a phrase or concept or sentence that's speaking to you right now? Jot that baby down, carry it with you in the world, keep it close at hand, And take it on over to iTunes, leave it in a review so I can share that with Dana or email a quick voice memo with your thoughts to Anitza, A-N-I-T-Z-A at everybodythrive.com. I'll put a link to her email in the show notes here too. And share your voice for a few minutes on your thoughts and we'll put that into an upcoming episode. Either way, I want to give you a shout out and celebrate the ways we continue to practice boundaries together. And if you were digging what we were talking about today, make sure you tune in next week for the rest of today's conversation. It builds profoundly on what you just heard. We take it to the next level of discernment about being able to tell what is yours to manage and what isn't and what the women who have figured that out already know and understand. Plus, Dana's going to share more behind the scenes on just the nuts and bolts of how we run the Boundary Academy including number one, why women get boundary breakthroughs that stick. It is definitely not just about having boundary information. There's another component that makes it work. And I want you to know what's working. And then the question that Dana and I keep asking ourselves, that's making the workload in running this course so much easier and lighter every single week. Plus, she's going to answer a few more common boundary questions that we get a lot. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including yourself in the conversation. 
and I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.